If you want to stay spoiler-free, don't worry. The first portion of this episode will be free of spoilers, sharing just some special news and updates with you, and then we'll let you know before we get into the spoiler conversation. You're listening to Once, episode 302, News and Spoilers from Comic-Con. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Hunter Hathaway. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are excited to be talking about Once Upon a Time again. We have some cool news, or Jacqueline and Hunter especially have some cool news to share with you, and a bunch of spoilers too. But before we start, a couple announcements for you. First, as you may already know, Once Upon a Time is now on Friday nights, and it returns with this new spinoff, otherwise known as Season 7. <laughs> a um, reimagining. Yeah. The, Once Upon a Once Time. Once Upon a Time, the next generation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it comes back on Friday, October 6th at 8, 7 Central. And we won't be doing our live initial reactions. Uh, we may do that maybe for the, the premiere of the season, but our schedule will be different going forward. We'll be recording on Monday nights instead of our previous Wednesday nights, and there will be only one episode of the podcast, the full discussion podcast per week. We're still trying to figure out what we might do with spoilers, like we might release an additional episode in the week that's only spoilers instead of tacking them on to the end of the episodes. But things like that, we're still working out the specific details. And the Blu-ray and DVDs for season six will be released on August 15th. But we're going to give you a sneak peek of those very soon because maybe even today I may have already received or will receive the early copy of the Blu-rays so we can start reviewing those. We can do an unboxing video of them and share with you what new stuff there is. But Hunter and Jacqueline had some bad news for me about the DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah, we got a bit of an early release like we do every year, you know, a press release just saying what's going to be on these Blu-rays, what's going to be on the DVDs. And it looks like it's only going to be one audio commentary, just one episode from very early on in season six. And that's really disappointing. There is a blooper reel, too. Especially considering that I really feel like they wrote season six to be the final season. And they ended once upon a time. That's why we're getting the spinoff. So I would have expected that there would be more bonus content, especially for that final episode. They've almost always done the final episode commentary or, or those important, either the first episode or final episode of the season. Yeah, I'm really surprised at the episode they chose and which ones they did not choose. If they... If they felt like they could only do one, I would have preferred it to be that season finale since it does sort of double as a series finale in a lot of ways. You know, you could have also done the musical, a really big look behind the musical oh, yeah. through the actors and the writer's eyes, even the people that wrote the music. But yeah, they chose a fine episode. It was a good one when we watched it, but not the one that deserved an audio commentary. The other shoe, right? Yeah, it is The Other Shoe, which was episode 603, um, so very early on in that Evil Queen versus Regina story arc, and it's uh, the audio commentary are the two writers. I don't think any of the actors. Huh. I think a lot of it has to do with contracts this year, since so many people are not coming back. Once they're done filming and everything that they're required to do, they're done. That makes sense. So they couldn't probably get them back for... The recording of all that stuff. Yeah. They could talk to me and then I could tell them how to <laughs> record it all through Skype. There you go. So Woody will let you know what other stuff is on the Blu-rays and DVDs when we have that review soon. And it might end up being then a short episode if there's really not all that much extra stuff on the season six uh, discs. But you can purchase your own copy through our link, and that helps support the podcast by going to oncepodcast.com slash season six, or the link for that will be in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 302. 
So Hunter and Jacqueline, tell me about the non-spoiler stuff that came from Comic-Con in San Diego this year. Okay. Well, it was our typical Saturday morning uh, slot, which, by the way, for anyone who was paying attention, they waited so long to officially announce that we were actually going to Comic-Con. I was convinced we were not. Uh, so was I, because they had just had a panel the week before, I believe, yeah. at D23. Yeah, which... and because of that, we all kind of thought we weren't going to go to Comic-Con, and... I was like, okay, so we're not actually going to talk much during this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But surprise, they did have a panel. They did. And it was hosted once again by Yvette Nicole Brown, who has done this now three or four years in a row for us. Yeah, I don't know how many times anymore. Yeah, she seems to just be their go-to girl to host Comic-Con. She always does a great job and she... She must be aware of what's going on in the fandom, as she kind of always is, because she actually came out and said right off the bat, we're going to be nice and polite, and we're going to just show appreciation for a show that we all love, which was kind of a nice way to just set up the tone, I think, for the whole panel. Yeah, but it was very nice. You know, half our crew is gone. More than half, I would say. And so this was the first year where... You don't have Jenny Goodwin or Josh Dallas or Jennifer Morrison. And a lot of the people who were on this panel are are newbies. And that made for an interesting dynamic and panel to watch. Right, because you can't ask them. They can't tell you what's going on in the show. And you don't have anything to ask them questions about. Yeah, you know, and after six years... Robert Carlyle and, and Lana Perea and Colin O'Donohue have really gelled with all the people who are no longer there. And now you're kind of watching them try to to gel a little bit um, with some new people because they did bring out a few of the, the new people. There are three new series regulars and all three of those people did join the panel. And one of those we've already met, adult Henry. Yeah, Andrew J. West, who was there. So in total, it was Adam and Eddie. Uh, David H. Goodman, who's never attended the Comic-Con panel before, he was there. Robert Carlyle, Lana Perea, Colin O'Donohue, Andrew J. West, and then the two new series regulars, who I guess constitute as spoilers, so I'm not going to say their names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we'll talk more about them once Daniel vanishes off into the great unknown. <laughs> and... The, I saw some clips here and there, like on Instagram or something, but it looked like they had some fun things, too, like a, a oncer versus Colin for some yeah. kind of Once Upon a Time trivia. Uh, yeah, that seemed to be very, very popular. They actually had Colin uh, on Friday night, I believe, dressed up in his entire Hook outfit um, with the red vest, which is very, very popular with many of his fans. Uh, <laughs> and they were, I guess, pretending to like sword fight or something. It was this big once upon a time display that they that they had. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I think they're also trying to uh, keep everyone interested in the show with this reimagining mm-hmm. and with so many people leaving that they're trying to like throw as much as they can at the people like, yeah, you love Hook. Come on. You got to watch him this season. Without spoiling the storyline for the new spinoff, otherwise known as season seven, and I know nothing about what's coming. Well, I know one character, and that's it. Um, I'm so far still spoiler-free on everything else. Have they said anything about looking back at the past six seasons? Yes, and Adam and Eddie are swearing up and down, not only at Comic-Con, but on Twitter, because obviously this has been a pretty big concern for most of the viewers— they are not erasing the past six years. Good. So it's not like, I mean, in some ways I kind of think of this as a brand new show, but it's not like the past six years didn't happen. That's all still there in the back of their minds. Okay, good. That kind of tells me that it probably won't be simply rinse and repeat of the past plot lines, which I'm hopeful for. That's really what I worry most about since it really feels like they're rebooting, but I doubt they would do that. At least I hope. And you're silent because you probably know. <laughs> I don't think that they are. It, we'll it's, get into it's, that. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to say, but they. I'm trying not to say anything spoilery. Yeah, which you'll get into when I'm gone from the podcast here. Right. What else from either D23 or Comic-Con that you can share without spoiling? 
Um, well, Lana was talking about how long it took her to switch between Evil Queen and Regina during the first half of this season six. And she says it took her three hours wow. in hair and makeup to switch between the characters. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of the times when she played both at the same time. Hmm. So she would be Regina for half of this, uh, for half the day. Have to switch and then go into evil queen mode to film the same scene when they're talking to each other. Wow. I thought they would have filmed that kind of thing on separate days. Like get all of the evil queen shots, then get all of the Regina shots. But you're saying they kind of broke it down scene by scene to flip. If you ever look at the way they film episodes, they're going to do a lot of all the scenes that take place in the same place at the same time. Hmm. So that way, like if it's out on the street. They can't shut down the street for the entire week. So they're going to do everything in that episode that films on the street on day one. So you might have to switch characters back and forth like that. Hmm. Uh, Well, speaking of Lana, she also said that one of her very favorite episodes to shoot came from season six, which was episode 614, page 23, uh, which is more or less the resolution of the Evil Queen storyline, where the Evil Queen goes back to... Uh, the Wish Realm Enchanted Forest with Robin Hood and Regina does that spell where she gives some love to the Evil Queen and the Evil Queen gives Regina some of the darkness so that way it's officially two separate people but they kind of have each other's strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and she really really liked shooting that episode. That was a good one. There was also talk with Robert Carlyle about Rumpel being the savior and he said that he didn't think that there would be a lot of hope if Rumpel was the savior. <laughs> oh, poor Rumpel. <laughs> yeah. Which that would make sense because here there's this guy that's been the villain for basically all six seasons, except for a few episodes here and there or a story arc maybe. And then for him to be the ultimate savior at the end. Yeah. Wouldn't make sense. He, he kind of had savior esque qualities and he was certainly prophesied, or if we want to use the once upon a time term, prophesized to be the savior, but they kept Emma that way, which I think fit better for the story. And then lastly, before we get into the real spoiler territory, uh, Colin did mention that he would like to see more of Hook's backstory, especially about Hook's mother, because at this point we have met Papa Hook, but we don't know anything about Mama Hook. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I think it would really depend on how much uh, of a character is Hook going to be in the upcoming season. Because I think by now everyone knows who's left the show, who's coming back. Yeah. So it's not too much of a spoiler, but it, it it really leaves this huge hole in like, how can we have Hook as a regular without Emma? What's the storyline going to be there? Uh, what kind of story will integrate Hook into the future as well as these other characters that are carrying over into the spinoff, otherwise known as season seven. So I'm I'm interested. I hear people saying that based on certain spoilers they're seeing and certain news, that it's giving them hope for the new season, some surprises. So I, I really look forward to seeing what they can do. And I'm not going to say that this will be the last season because <laughs> we've said that every year for like what two Three years, years i think yeah. like now no you know i'm not gonna say it either and we did tell everyone of course they're moving to friday nights and that is a whole different can of worms my friends because ratings on fridays are historically looked at differently we were pulling a 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, sometimes a 0. 0.9 in the demo there toward the end of season six. And even if we were to keep that all the way through season seven on a Friday night, I think ABC would call that a win. Yeah. And yeah. I, I am no longer predicting anything. A lot of times Friday nights are where shows go to die because yep. they don't require the same ratings because no one's home on a Friday night. Everyone records it. Yeah. So... Right. Right. Um, And I think they're kind of trying to pick up what NBC had with their fantasy series, Grimm, which just went off the air, because Grimm became a very big staple for NBC on Friday nights. You know, it was their their best drama on that night. And 
Grim I know pulled I was like there. A, yeah, so was <laughs> I. I mean, they pulled like a 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 for two years. And NBC was like, yep, great. Keep it. And it looks like ABC is trying to rebrand their entire Friday night to be like a fantasy slash sci-fi night based on what they're premiering. So Yeah, and by uh, including the Marvel mm. too, that yep. these are I think the Marvel shows and Once Upon a Time are Disney's greatest TV show assets because they tie in with the rest of the Disney franchise with Marvel movies, Marvel comics, Marvel products, and all, all of that stuff. And then all of the the Disney princesses and princes and all of that stuff. So putting them together might seem like a nice formula. And uh, certainly, by the way, if you're going to be watching those other Marvel TV shows, check out our other podcast on the network, Welcome to Level 7, that talks about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Those guys over there do a fantastic job, and that's over at welcometolevel7.com. So then you can watch both of the shows that our podcast network has shows about on Friday nights and then catch the podcast shortly after that uh, when we release those new episodes for Once Podcast as well as for Welcome to Level 7. So... With these new changes coming, it, it means the difference in our schedule, uh, but we still want your feedback. So you're not going to hear our initial reaction episodes in the future uh, because like they, like Hunter and Jacqueline both said, people often can't be there Friday nights. I can't be there Friday nights to even watch the show live. So I'll be watching it on the replay through the episodes we purchased through iTunes and we'll record our episodes on Monday nights. So when you watch the episode... Send us your feedback and theories, oncepodcast.com, call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221, or you can send us a voice message through the website at oncepodcast.com, and get that feedback to us by Monday afternoon so that we can try and incorporate that into our Monday evening podcast, which will still be recorded live probably at 7 p.m. Eastern at oncepodcast.com slash live. But we'll let you know on Twitter and Facebook groups what that new schedule will be when we actually have that figured out. And then it will be only that one episode uh, that we discuss the previous episode of the TV show. And then we might release the spoilers as a separate thing. So watch for that. And you can continue to get your fix for Once Upon a Time, as well as from our sister podcast, Welcome to Level 7, to get your fix for the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Marvel Cinematic Universe and the new uh, stuff that they're doing with ABC and Marvel TV shows. And if you'd like to be a hero, then check out oncepodcast.com slash hero. And I want to thank our heroes for this episode. Lisa Slack, Amy Cattalier, Marianne Lavati, and a new hero, Amanda Blake. We also have 27 heroes on Patreon. Thank you very much for your support, especially during these summer months. I know we're not delivering an episode on a regular basis, but your continued support helps us continue keeping the website online because the website, the podcast and such still cost money to do over the summer and even just to keep it online. And then the stuff like recording this episode or recording our unboxing video of the Blu-ray and DVD and our upcoming review and such. So we really appreciate your support and our heroes get access to fun things like our bloopers. There's that musical that we recorded for you recently. That's available that you can download the MP3 of that and other benefits too over at oncepodcast.com slash hero. We are also up for another podcast award this year. So go to podcastawards.com. But if you're thinking about that whole daily voting ordeal, don't worry. It's not that complicated anymore, but you do need to nominate us only once, and you have to do it before the end of July 31st, 2017. So go over to podcastawards.com, create an account over there, and we have three podcasts up for awards. So under business, select Beyond the To-Do List. Under technology, select The Audacity to Podcast. And under TV and film, select Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast. Save your nominations and that's all you have to do. No more daily voting. So none of this stuff where you have to do it so many times. You just do this once and then it's submitted. And we'll find out who wins the awards on International Podcast Day, which is September 30th this year. That's at podcastawards.com. Thank you for supporting our podcasts. So Once Upon a Time returns on October 6th at 8 or 7 central on ABC Friday nights. We hope you'll be watching and sending us your feedback and connect with us on Twitter at Once Podcast. And you can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. 
I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Traveling Pixie. And I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me on Twitter at Punk underscore Bunny underscore 87. So get the show notes and links for this episode over at onespodcast.com slash 302 and share this episode out if you enjoy it. And now I'm going to leave while Hunter and Jacqueline continue the conversation, giving you spoilers. So you've been warned. Everything from here on out, we consider a spoiler. And this is when I leave. So thanks for listening. Okay, so now that we have Daniel gone, let's talk some spoilers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so ABC released their synopsis of what season seven is going to be. And I know Daniel keeps calling it, what does he call it? A He keeps calling it a spinoff. It's not a spinoff, guys. It's called reimagining is what they're calling it. But ABC has said that after six seasons, the residents of the Enchanted Forest face their greatest challenge yet as the evil queen, Captain Hook, and Rumpelstiltskin join forces with a grown-up Henry Mills and his daughter Lucy on an epic quest to once again bring hope to their world and ours. Along the way, new fairy tale characters and old search for true love, find adventures, and once again take sides in the struggle of good against evil as classic tales are once more twisted and reimagined. Okay, we're going to talk a lot about what some of this means, like new fairy tale characters and old fairy tale characters. Just a shout out to the people at ABC in case you're listening. But somebody in your PR department needs to be reminded that the evil queen is now a totally separate entity and living in a totally different realm. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, stop. you can just call her Regina. It's okay. That That's who she is now because she, like, literally took that piece of herself and she, she's gone. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting interesting season. And I'm, I keep using the word interesting because interesting can be good and interesting can be bad. I have a feeling we're going to say it's going to be interesting for the entire season. I think so, too. Every week, we're going to be like, hmm, that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't quite know how we feel about it, so we're just going to say it's interesting. <laughs> but we also got a first look trailer. We did. Now, a lot of this footage is not new. No, I don't think any of it is. Right. It's kind of just cut together from previous seasons just to provide interest. Um, You have Henry in the cave whipping out his sword as that smoke comes in and, you know, a new curse awakens, which is a scene that we saw in the season six finale. Um, You see that storybook, the very childlike drawn one that Lucy had, and then the the scene of her knocking on adult Henry's door. Uh, You know, it's parallel to what happened with Henry and Emma back in the pilot six years ago. Um, They are saying that a new savior arises. I can't quite figure out who the new savior is. Is it Henry or is it Lucy? I think it's Henry. See, I kind of think it's Lucy. I kind of think Adam and Eddie want to keep going with that whole strong women motif that they like to um, say their show has and that they're going to make it Lucy instead of Henry. But Henry's the character we've been with for six years. And, you know, I'm more invested in him than I am in her. So it's kind of a push-pull thing. And then, you know, we do have this this very dramatic voiceover about the legend of good versus evil, because that's never going to go away in this show. I don't think you can have this show without good versus evil. And then we do talk about how the characters who are remaining are kind of being reborn because there is this new curse. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that new curse entails for the characters that we've known for six years here in a little bit. But you do get a close-up of Gold, Regina, and Hook because that's it. That's our cast that remains. That we know. And they can't really have the same impact if they were showing the new characters. Right, Because we'd be like, well, who's that? Like, we know these other characters. Yeah, so it's it's not a lot. I suspect we'll get more trailers once we get closer to October 6th. They have finished filming one and I believe two. I think they're moving on to three here very, very soon. So we'll probably get better footage uh, in a trailer as we get closer to the premiere date. And hopefully with a lot of these new characters, because we have quite a few. Oh my gosh, I just kept typing name after name after name. Yeah, so, I mean, if you think about it, we lost, what, four or five people? Henry, Emma, 
Snow, Charming, Snow. Belle, Zelina. Technically Robin. because Technically Robin, yeah. So that's seven people we lost this yeah. season. But we have a slew of new characters. Now, not all of these are series regulars. There are only, including Andrew J. West, who we did meet in the season six finale, there are only three new series regulars. Everyone yes. else is going to be guest star and reoccurring. So let's meet them, shall we? <laughs> so first up, we have Denia Ramirez, and she will be playing Cinderella, also known as Henry's wife and Lucy's mother. Okay, so everybody out there who hasn't heard this information yet, which, to be fair, probably a lot of you have because it was released about a week or so before Comic-Con, probably just went, wait, what? <laughs> okay. That is how Henry Put a has in that, a guys. <laughs> Hispanic daughter. Yes. Now, you're probably all going, and how is she Cinderella? But... Put a pin in that because we're going to come back to it when we actually get to talking about D23 and Comic-Con. Yeah, so we will we will address this, guys. Yes. Okay, and then you have Gabrielle Anar as Lady Tremaine. Yes, and like you might uh, suspect, she is going to be this season's big bad. Yes. She, she's our villain. So we are looking at the very iconic evil stepmother. And what's an evil stepmother without at least one evil stepsister? <laughs> you have Adelaide Kane, who will be playing the wicked stepsister, Drizella. Just so you know, we do not know who Anastasia is yet. We don't. And if I was a betting girl, I would put a couple cookies or dollars on them completely ignoring Anastasia. Because we saw Completely. Her. Well, I, or they just recast her. They could do that. And again, put a pin in that because we'll explain why. But... <laughs> I think that they, if they've learned anything over the past couple years about how this fandom feels about some of those Wonderland characters, it's do not touch. Yeah. Just, just leave alone. Because they never explained what happened to Anastasia and Will, and people are still quite upset about that. So I would bet that we are never, ever going to hear about Anastasia. Or she's just gone. She's, yeah. on, she's at this other castle. So speaking of, though, that whole Alice in Wonderland franchise that once did dip their toe into a couple years ago, we also have joining us Rose A. Reynolds, who's going to be playing Alice. And that is because they could recast her because they said no one watched Wonderland. Right. As someone who watched <laughs> Wonderland, Eddie, yeah. stop saying that. Um, it's kind of not nice to insult the people who were watching it because there were actually quite a few of us who were watching it. And, I watched it. Yeah, I loved it. We loved it. Yeah. So st stop that. <laughs> it may not have gotten the numbers you wanted, but you're going to have a fan base and they they're a little upset that they recasted Alice. A little bit. And then finally, we have Makia Cox, who is going to be playing the Princess Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. Yay. I actually like that story. I'm kind of excited to see her because um, if you guys have seen that movie, you know, Tiana's a very spunky girl. She's very goal and dream driven. I really like that about her. So I'm hoping they, they do her justice. And she's been on the list of characters that Adam and Eddie have wanted to do for a couple years. So they're finally getting around to her. Yes. And then we have Vladimir Ruzik, who was seen on set during episode one. He's playing an unknown role. I don't know what he's doing. He was dressed in very, very dark clothing. He actually kind of looked like he was dressed in some of Mr. Gold's old suits. So who he knows? He could be a dark one. He could be. And again, and we'll get to that. Put a pin in that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have been hearing that a few past cast members will be returning. Right. When they they didn't sign contracts, but they were told that they will be back for at least one episode. At least the first person was told that. Go ahead. Uh, Jennifer Morrison. She'll be returning in a guest role for episode two. Yes. And Emily DeRaven will be returning in a guest role for episode four to provide what's being called an update on Belle. So at the end of season six, she and Rumple are back together. Gideon has been put back into baby form. So I guess we're going to get a bit of an update on her. So that's all the new cast members and returning cast members in their roles. 
Yes. But we got episode titles. I know. It seems so early for it. Like, doesn't it seem early that we got this stuff already? Well, they normally give it to us right before they start shooting, but they're kind of powering through episodes because I I wasn't expecting to have three to tell you guys. To me, I'm still in summer mode. (laughs) Let me tell you guys. So I live across the street from a school and I keep seeing all the things for back to school. School starts in 12 days down here. Does it really? Yeah. So like to me, I'm like, where did all this stuff come from? Like out of the blue. Jeez. Episode titles. I wasn't expecting those personally, me, till next month. All so, right. We've got episode 701, which is called Hyperion Heights. It's written by Eddie Kitzes and Adam Horwitz. And we got a script tease. We did. I know how much you guys have missed these. <laughs> like, we've missed them too. We love acting these and out. I think this might be the best script tease we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would, ever. Would you like to do it? Sure. So here's our script tease. Exterior, Main Street, Storybrook, Morning. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's so it. So we know that Act 1 will open up at the exterior of Main Street. Yep. There you go. That's, and it's morning time. That's our script tease, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Episode 702 is A Pirate's Life, written by Jane Espenson and Jerome Schwartz. And this is the episode that Jennifer Morrison is returning for. I'm going to guess it's a hook backstory or a hook story. It, it's a hook and story. If she wasn't in this one, I would probably be very upset because how do you have a hook story explaining things without her or where she went to? I don't know, but we're about to have 22 episodes in which they try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> good luck. Yes. Yeah. Well, like I can understand because of this reimagining, not putting her in episode one, but because you've got to build up the new stuff. But you can't have a pirate story about Hook and not have her in it because they're true loves. But anyway, 703, The Garden of Forking Paths, written by David H. Goodman and Brigitte Hales. Yeah, and this is possibly taken um, from a name of a 1941 short story by Argentinian author Jorge Borges. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. And reading a small blurb about it, it's about a world of infinite possibilities where all the same endings are happening at once. Of course they are. Which makes a little bit of sense because they dropped several mm, plot-sized bombshells at D23, which came a week before Comic-Con. Yes. So we're going to try our best to explain this new situation. And we probably won't even do that great of a job. I'm sorry. It's just so confusing. It is. So, according to Eddie, and this is all at D23, we will see different iterations of some of the characters we have come to know and love over the years. Because, quote, there's Disney animated versions of some movies, and then there's the live action version, and then there are some fairy tales that are told in some countries, but have different versions in others, which is true, You know, in some Cinderella stories, um, it's a glass slipper. In some, it's fur or wood. the stepsisters get their eyes plucked out or I think They cut off their toes. They cut off the toes. Yeah. And their heels to fit in the slippers. Yeah. So there are these very different iterations of these fairy tales depending on, you know, where you live. Because these were all oral folk traditions that, you know, that were then kind of gathered up and codified. And. So, going and, back to the casting for a moment. Yeah. We learned that Denia Ramirez is going to be playing Cinderella. And that is because mm. we are going to a whole new universe. And we will talk about it in a little bit. But if you remember at the end of the mo- of the episode, or he went to the sorcerer's room, and there were hundreds of books. Yeah. So, we... The the past six seasons have been one book. Yeah, and I don't know if any of the listeners out there, if you guys watch the TV uh, shows on mostly on the CW about the DC verse and how they've explored the multiverse, or even if you don't watch the TV shows and you're just familiar with the multiverse theory that happens in a lot of comic books, this is kind of what's happening. So we have Universe A, which is where we've been for six years, and that included our world and the Enchanted Forest and Oz and Wonderland and the Underworld 
and Arendelle and any other place we might have visited. We are now going to, let's call it Universe B, where there is an entirely new, unexplored, enchanted (laughs) forest, Oz, Neverland, Wonderland, you know, infinite number of lands in a completely different universe. And that's how you're getting a different version of Cinderella, who is Latina, dark-haired, and Henry's age. Because our Cinderella was Emma's age. Blonde-haired, no, blue-eyed. Yeah, and played by Jesse Schramm. Older um, than Henry. And way older than Henry. So I think uh, my cohort over at the forums, Matthew Paul, kind of summed this up best. So I'm just going to sort of read his response because this has been, I mean, it was very, very confusing when this came out and everyone was like, wait, what? So Hook, Regina, and Rumple in Seattle, and the main plot of this entire show is going to be in Seattle. But they're still filming in Canada. Yes. Are the same ones we knew, but cursed. The new Cinderella isn't a carbon copy of the old Cinderella, but entirely different version altogether. It's like how there are different adaptations of all these stories throughout the centuries, and then even compared to the Disney animated films versus their live-action remakes. I think this would also explain one of the biggest questions in the entire series, which is how were the events of stories like Snow White occurring concurrently with the 1970s, 1980s Land Without Magic when those stories had already existed in the Land of Without Magic for a long time prior? The answer is that it wasn't necessarily the first version of those stories. Stories are retold and changed several times throughout history, after all. It's a convoluted, confusing mess, but I think there is some logic behind this. Kind so pretty of much, so pretty much, we're just opening a new storybook, a, a new storybook that's also an entirely different universe, with all the lands we've known previously, but totally different iterations. Yes, yes. It's like when you're watching the Spider-Man movies, and you had the ones with Tobey Maguire, and then they came out with the Ultimate Spider-Man, and they retold the Spider-Man movies, but they're just slightly different. And now you've got the new one. I haven't seen the new one yet, but you got Spider-Man Homecoming. So it's just, think of it that way. <laughs> the one thing that uh, I question mm-hmm. and that I don't quite understand is, so Henry, back in season five, found that uh, that library full of empty books. Correct. Which are apparently, all those books are from different universes. But how did they end up in this universe? <laughs> I'm going to say because he's the author. Well, okay, put a pin in that one because we'll come back to it. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, that's just what I'm going to say because, well, they were at the sorcerer's house, right? They were, but that's Merlin of this universe. I mean, I imagine there's a, there has to be a Merlin of universe B who... But does he have all the storybooks too? Like, is it just like, I'm trying to think like of it. It's not a portal, but it's a gathering place. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe like um, like a limbo, like a place between worlds where all the worlds can kind of come together. Correct. Um, and anyone who watches the magicians, it, the Netherlands, like the mag- Merlin is a magician. So the one thing though is how does Henry fit into this? Because like Hunter said, you know he's the author, but is he the author of just this one book or all of them? And this actually brings us to Comic Con. Yeah, because I think they actually did more at Comic-Con than they did at D23. I would, yeah, I would say that the biggest, some of the biggest plot bombs happened at D23 because, you know, by the time we got to Comic-Con, we knew about this whole, I'm just going to keep calling it the multiverse, the multiverse (laughs) thing that's happening this year. Um, But we did end up getting a sneak peek. Right, that's what I mean. Like, they got the sneak peek that they did at D23. So, like, in that way, they D23 got the talking points. Yeah. Well, San Diego Comic-Con got the visuals. Which makes sense, because, I mean, D23, they had only been filming for, like, three or four days beforehand. Yeah. All right, so this sneak peek, you want to tell us about it? Okay, so we open on the clock tower. Woo! So we watch Henry leaving Storybrooke, and he's, according to the... He's talking with his mom, Regina, and we find out that he has now graduated high school. So this has to have taken place, what do you say, like four years at least since the end of the um, last yeah, season? Because he's been about 14 for a while now, <laughs> and he's he's got to be 18 in this opening scene. So yeah, about four years. 
And he says that he needs to figure out his story, and it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, we'll kind of get into, the, like, the internal, external crisis that is Henry Daniel Mills. But, because, I is that, like, a natural thing for an 18-year-old to say, I need to go find my story? I don't know. But, well, if you see, he then talks about how he found all these books, but he, and all of his family is in every single one of them. Like, there's a Snow White in every story. There's a Prince Charming. There, But he's not in any of them. And he wants to go and figure out where he belongs. Okay, right. He's taking his ear off between high school and college. Sure. And people do that to, like, go backpacking and see Europe. But, I mean, he's, like, literally, he's throwing a bean and then going, like, I'm going to go to an entirely different universe. Because he's not going to our enchanted forest. I mean, this is basically, like, us slipping through a pocket dimension of time and going to a parallel universe. Okay, anyway, um, (laughs) he's not in any of these hundreds of books, which means that in the infinite number of universes, there isn't a single one, another one, in which Emma and Neil had him. He's, like, that unique that he was, you know... Right. Like, I, I mean, we got to sort of talk out all these <laughs> implications of what they're doing. So it's he literally he is the only person. There are different versions of Cinderella. There's a different version of Alice in Wonderland. For all we know, there's going to be a different version of Captain Huck and and Rumple and Regina. But there is literally only one Henry Mills. That should make him feel special. Right. Instead, it sends him into an existential crisis on a motorcycle. Which, by the way, is August's motorcycle. Yeah. Apparently, August taught him how to ride. And he somehow got a magic bean. I'm going to ignore all the implications of that, because it just (laughs) makes my head hurt. So he throws it, and then he drives off into a portal, into another realm, and then it's years later. Yeah. So first off, uh, when he throws this magic bean, now we have seen magic beans used... A lot. Never once have they looked like that when they are tossed. (laughs) This is, okay, this, do you know what it reminds me of? The DeLorean going time traveling. Okay, it reminds me of Doctor Strange when he uses his sling rings. But yep, let's keep, that that works too. He just drives straight into this. He does. He gets on a motorcycle and he drives into it instead of like having to go down like we've seen with all other magic beans. Um, It could have been the way he threw it. it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but he's, he is then in, quote, another realm. And that is literally what it says on the screen. Another realm. Years then later. years later. Because driving. before it was Jared Gilmore. Right. And now it's Just Andrew so you guys J. know. West. And now it's Andrew J. West. And he's driving down a path in the woods. Okay. It's not a path. <laughs> it's all cemented roads. <laughs> and he's he's driving with an infinite gas supply, apparently. Yes. Where did he get this gas from? I was thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. Like, he's well, in a different realm. It doesn't look like they have cars there or you no, would see, like, actual roads. And he's driving his motorcycle still? Like, did he change it to the... Fu- the fuel to use like rotten food or something it's still the enchanted forest but in a different universe it's still the med the medieval enchanted forest that we know with a horse and buggy because that comes into play in about 20 seconds and he's driving down these very paved cement roads on an infinite gas supply while wearing leather um clothing he (laughs) looks like, before I knew, like, I saw the trailer, I saw a still from this shot, and I'm like, he looks like he's dressed like Captain Hook. Like, he looks like a pirate. Not as ornate, but he's got, like, the leather on, and I'm like... Well, I think he looks like he's dressed kind of in um, David's prince prince gear, or if you guys go back and watch season four finale, Rumpel's good one outfit, it looks a lot like that. Okay. Um. So, yes, we're in another realm, which... I rolled my eyes at quite a bit with this infinite supply of gas and he runs into Cinderella, Cinderella, who's running away in a large, very ornate looking buggy. Yes. It's a carriage. It's, you know, very open. It's like this kind of floral design thing. Yeah. So they crash into each other and she goes flying and gets knocked out. Yes. And you see she has on glass ish 
slippers. They don't look less to me, but they're clear, like plastic. And that's how Henry figures out who he is, who she is. And he's just like, Cinderella? Yep. Also, I'm just going to say this, but I think that dress that she's wearing is hideous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought so, too. Okay, guys. Okay. It's, let's talk about this. It's I think it's like the ball gown dress that she wears to the ball. Yeah, I agree. And she was running away from the ball is what I figure because she didn't change back into her peasant's clothes. But um, she it's light blue and like a purpley shimmer. Mm-hmm. And it is not cut pretty at all. Oh, my gosh. I, okay, as a woman, I felt sorry for some of her lady bits because I was just like, ow, ow. (laughs) I did not like this dress at all. They have done some amazing costume work uh, in this show, and they could have done a better dress, personally. And speaking of costume work, it's worth pointing out here at this moment that um, Eduardo, who has been doing the costumes on once for six years, left. He's no longer doing the costumes for this oh, show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't read that anywhere. Yep. Um, uh, the name of the man who is taking over escapes me, um, but he has done a lot of work with, I believe, Star Trek. I think specifically Voyager and the Next Generation. So, uh, yeah. I don't care. The dress was hideous. Oh, God. It was so ugly. It was so ugly. Um. <laughs> but that was all it for the... The um, first, the sneak peek. The sneak peek, right. And that is the very first scene in episode 701, Hyperion Heights. Okay, so we got a trailer at Comic-Con too. Yes. Um, it's a lot like the first look trailer we talked about earlier. It's a lot more dramatic <laughs> with this, oh my gosh, this like, voiceover. Don't. Yeah. The Do voiceover you remember so- how it all began? And then it's all black and white, and you see all these scenes from, like, the first season, first episode. Yes. Um, paralleling it with what's happening at the end of season six, like, with Lucy coming to find Henry, which, of course, is parallel to Henry coming to find Emma. So you do get to see a little bit more, and this is where we see some of our new characters, like some of the Cinderella scene we just talked about. We see... Um, and we, well, you had a ball The ball, too. Yeah. We see a ball. And actually, if you're looking really closely at the ball scenes, you will see your first look at Princess Tiana. And then you also see Lady Tremaine, played by Gabrielle Anwar. So, yeah. Oh, you do see a glass slipper breaking, too. Yes. So I guess that was glass. It just looked plastic to me. And then we do get a look at the three old cast members who are staying with the show. Um, And based on that, plus our filming shots that we have, that we'll talk a little bit about later on as well. Um, we sort of have pieced together what these new characters, these, <laughs> they're not new characters, but these old characters are doing in Seattle during this new curse. So I'm going to kind of keep referring them as like new Rumpel. New Rumpel will be working as a police detective. New Hook is working as a beat cop. So he's dressed in the very traditional police uniform. Um, and his, his name tag uh, reads Rogers. So that's his new cursed personality. And then Regina is either working at a bar or she owns the bar. I think she probably owns it. And it's called Ronnie's. It's got these two twin red arrows above the door sign. So it sort of a Robin Hood thing. Um, and I think her new name is probably Veronica and she goes by Ronnie. That's my guess. Okay. Sounds sounds worthy. <laughs> but Lots of cops. Um, kind of funny that Rumpel turns out to be Hook's boss. Yeah, that would be re- that's really funny in my opinion. Yeah. First you take my mom, then you have to be my boss. So let's see here. Fans had wanted to know, and it was brought up during Comic-Con, if there was going to be a predominant LGBTQ storyline. And the showrunners have confirmed that it will happen this year. Uh, Yeah, and we don't know which two characters, and we don't know how prominent it will actually be. You know, I have my doubts about how actually prominent it's going to be. I think it all depends on who it is. Yeah. is how If it's someone that, like, we don't already know that's going to be a recurring character, that they're just there for, like, the one episode, then, of course, it's not going to be prominent. My suspicion is that it's going to be Drizella the wicked stepsister and 
she's going to fall in love with Alice. That's my prediction. Because both of those are characters who sort of, I guess, historically in their stories don't have any male love interest. Um, yeah. Now, the Alice we know from Wonderland, of course, was true love with Cyrus. But again, whole new universe. Even though they say, you just have to forget that Wonderland happened. Even though it did happen and we loved it, you have to kind of forget it. It happened, but it happened in an entirely different plane of existence. <laughs> Interesting. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about these new characters, both literally new characters, and then who our old cast members will be playing. But we have kind of this giant hole in our show, which is the loss of Snow, Charming, Emma, Belle, and Zelina. But Adam and Eddie are telling us a lot that it's not going to go unaddressed. And in a report from Entertainment Weekly, they said that they will absolutely plan to give viewers some answers as to what happened to them after the events in the season six finale. Because for whatever reason, three of our cast members, three of our characters, specifically the villains, except Selena, have been picked up and moved to Seattle. So we need and, to know what's going on yeah. with everybody else. And why didn't everyone get picked up and moved to Seattle? Right. All right. So Okay, let's talk about this new curse. Let's. Yeah. So we have already mentioned that the new main villain is going to be Lady Tremaine. Mm-hmm. Adam Horowitz said that as often is the case on Once Upon a Time, there's more than meets the eye to what we know about the character. Lady Tremaine doesn't like Cinderella very much, and she's got an agenda. Well, duh. But there is something boiling beneath that's personal and painful that is driving all of this. Yeah, duh. She doesn't like Cinderella. I think that's in every single version of Cinderella I have ever seen, movie-wise or read. She does not like Cinderella. And as far as this, um, there's something boiling beneath that's personal and painful that is driving all of this. This, I mean, as much as, you know, I love the show dearly, they tend to be very one note with their female villains. It always comes down to they were poor or a man broke their heart. Usually a combination of both. And I have a feeling that Lady Tremaine is going to be very much in the mold of Cora in that she was poor and needed to socially climb in order to provide for herself. And when Cinderella chose to run off with a nobody author, you know, she, she's got it out for her because then that means she didn't marry a prince. Um, and I suspect that's part of the, the curse is that Cinderella's new personality will probably be with some rich guy. I think she's going to be very heavily molded on Cora. And then, Eddie Kitsa says she's somebody who wants to get to the top and will use any means necessary. Well, there you go. I was right. There you go. (laughs) So why it's important for her to be royal, why it's important for her to crush everyone else is the story of the year. And then they kept saying evil isn't born, it's made, and we'll see that with her as well. Yes. And... Everyone's a little confused as to what exactly Hyperion Heights is. So Adam clarified that Hyperion Heights is part of Seattle, the way Brooklyn is part of New York. It's more densely populated and it's filled with fairy tale characters and non-fairy tale characters. And that's another interaction and vibe that we didn't really have in Storybrooke where it was all the cursed people. So it's a larger area. It's not a tiny little hamlet in the middle of nowhere. It's it's like a subdivision. I guess yeah. it's, it's a little city inside of a bigger city and it's going to have fairy tale characters and non fairy tale characters, which, which is different to give them credit there. Okay. Let's move on to these multiple books. Yes. So as of now, um, says Eddie Kitsis, we'll be in one new storybook when season seven launches, but the once upon a time bosses have also said that they have freedom to go through multiple books and with multiple books comes multiple authors. That's right. Henry's not the only one. There has to be one author for each book. And I think that's the case. And then Adam jumped in and said, different books have different mythologies. So it's not like we're going to tell the author mythology the same way or the dark one mythology the same way. There's going to be new things and new mythology to explore so in universe b 
<laughs> it could be that the Dark One was defeated 700 years ago and the author is nothing important. Or it could be that the Dark One makes it rain puppies and kittens because that's how multiverse stuff works. Anything is possible. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. This makes me nervous. <laughs> I think it's going to be very confusing for the general audience and for us as well. Right, for us as well. And I don't know, they, they've they never been the best at world building and staying true to their mythology. And now not only are they bringing in new mythology, but they're basically saying, and it's complete, it could be completely different from what you've known for six years. So I don't know. It, it makes me nervous. <laughs> but it'll be interesting. We're going to keep using that word. It'll be interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. We've already got some filming shots. We do, because they've filmed quite a bit already. So the premiere, episode one, will primarily take place in Seattle with adult Henry, and then probably flashing over to different universe Enchanted Forest. We will learn that Hook, Rumpel, and Regina have all been transplanted to Seattle by this new curse. And, you know, of course, we're going to get their new jobs and who these new characters are. There were a lot of shots in the premiere of adult Henry with his daughter, Lucy, uh, running around, talking about curses, talking about, you know, who remembers what and all that stuff. And you do have Lady Tremaine in Hyperion Heights, and she looks very Mayor Mills in season one. That those, you know, immaculate suits. Yes. So we're going back to Storybrooke for episode two. Yep. And this is Jennifer Morrison's last appearance as Emma, and she's shooting with Jared and Colin. Yeah. Um, there was a, a couple scenes of them all together, and then there is a scene where Henry and Hook, and Henry here being uh, Jared, so before he left home, I suppose, sword fighting on the Jolly Roger. And then uh, <laughs> Jennifer Morrison did have to don a fairly tragic looking wig <laughs> because <laughs> she chopped off all her hair uh, pretty much maybe a few, like literally a few days after they finished filming season six. Because, of course, by that point, she knew that she was leaving. She just had to wait to make the announcement. Um, so her hair is actually much shorter than what we've known for a couple years. And she had to put on a, a wig and it it didn't look too great. <laughs> Yeah. Let me tell you, when I, for most people don't know this, I did work on a TV show for a little bit. Nothing that was viewed. Don't worry, guys. You'll never find photos or you might find photos, but there's no video of it. Um, it never came to fruition. But I worked for like a year. I couldn't cut my hair. And let me tell you, the second I was done, it felt so nice to cut my hair, change the color so I can see her, why she did that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just a few behind-the-scenes photos from the actress who's been who's going to play Tiana. Um, it does look like she's wearing an apron, and a lot of people are speculating that she works in the bar that New Regina owns as a cook because that's a major part of the Princess and the Frog movie. If you guys have ever seen it, is that she wants to open up her own restaurant because she's a really great uh, chef. I'm just curious here, Hunter, you know, overall, without using the word interesting, <laughs> how are you feeling about season seven? I don't know yet. I'm I'm not trying to say it's going to be interesting because it's going to be different. And if they can pull it off, I think it might be pretty good. It might be what the show needed. Mm -hmm. But if my past experiences with new casts on reoccurring shows that have happened i don't think it'll work i think they have a pretty tall order ahead of them and i don't know you know daniel said he's really hoping they're not doing lather rinse repeat but a lot of this is striking as as very familiar and that kind of worries me because we don't need a season that is basically season one in a new location with you know, a, a, basically the same curse, but just kind of a different villain. And that's sort of what it's coming across as. There's some good ideas, I think. The idea that there are multiple versions of each story is interesting because that's historically accurate. But 
I don't know. It's a tall order. And after six years, there's a lot of, you know, it ended well. Let's let it end well. Right. I agree with that. Boy, that was a lot of information that I did not hear. (laughs) (laughs) So I am still untainted with my theories. Thank you, Hunter and Jacqueline, for the spoilers that you share, the great work that you do for the podcast. Oh, Oh, you're welcome. Always. So remember, Once Upon a Time returns on Friday night, October 6th at 8 slash 7 central. And our podcast will be recorded on Monday evenings at oncepodcast.com slash live. If you enjoyed the content in this episode or you want to continue the conversation to comment on anything that we shared, then go to oncepodcast.com slash 302. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast for late breaking news and announcements and connect with each of us individually as well. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Hunter Hathaway on Twitter at Traveling Pixie. And I'm Jacqueline on Twitter at punk underscore bunny underscore 87. We'll be back with our upcoming unboxing and review of the season six Blu-rays and DVDs. So watch for that soon on the podcast, as well as on our YouTube channel. And until next time, have a happy ever after. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be an amazing hero too, then please go to oncepodcast.com hero. And thank you for your support.